Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I'm Rabbi Utsdaya, and today we will be studying Daf 37, Lamed Zayn, in the third chapter of Masechet Sukkah. The top of 37 Aleph brings us into the middle of a discussion whether one must be using other minim as schach for the sukkah. A discussion that started at the bottom of 36 bet, where Rabbi Yehuda advances the argument that ein sukkah no heger ele ba'arba minim shebalulav, and he derives it by a kalvachomer. Umal lulav she'ein no heg balaylot kabayamim enon no heg ele ba'arba minim, sukkah she'ein no heger balaylot kabayamim, if the lulav, which only applies during the day, requires to be made of abaminin, so too the sukkah that applies both by night and by day should require abaminim. Remember that the thing that makes the sukkah into a sukkah is the schach. There's nothing wrong with Rabbi Yehuda's logic here. We have a very strict requirements which species we can use for the abaminim but we are only obligated to abominin during the daytime, and we will be even more picky, especially during the first day. Sukkah, on the other hand, we are obligated day and night for seven days. So shouldn't we be equally picky about the species and only allow abominin to be used as chach? Rabbi Yehuda's opinion gets refuted. The way and the reason it is done is very interesting. Amrulo they reply to him, Kol din shiata dan tchilato lehachamir vesufo lehakel einu din. Any kalvachoma that you introduce, kalvachoma is sometimes called din also, and that would have initially the result of a greater stringency, meaning requiring only abaminim to be used as chach, but in the end turns out to be lenient, is not a valid kalvachoma. This is a fascinating example of legal philosophy. What is this leniency? Look at the top of 37 Aleph. Lo matza aba minim, yehei yoshev uvatel. If someone is unable to find enough aba minim to cover his sukkah with schach, he cannot fulfill the mitzvah, vasukot teshevu. The leniency here is not what we would have assumed the leniency to be, the leniency the rabbis objected against is that Rabbi Yehuda's stringency might lead to a scenario in which people are unable to fulfill the mitzvah at all. The leniency here means batel mitzvah. And this is an important principle in halacha. You cannot introduce a stringency, because this stringency wasn't there originally, and it gets introduced by the use of kalvachoma, if the result is that it makes it impossible for people to fulfill the mitzvah. In the middle of our daf 37 Aleph, we see a quote from our Mishnah from 36 Bet. Rabbi Meir Omer, Afilu Bim Shicha. Rabbi Meir says, even with a court. 
and continues with a brighter that is similar to the Mishnah about the custom in Jerusalem to bind the Arba Minim with a gold cord. Remember that in the Mishnah, Rabbi Meir's statement was preceded by Rabbi Yehuda's statement, Ein obdin lulav ela b'minim. One may not bind the lulav except with material of its own kind. We see that today, when we get our Arba Minim, they are lulav, arava, hadasim, are put together into a bundle. Now, how are they tied up? This is actually a question of various minhagim, but also discussed in the Gemara. Do we have to tie them together, or can something else be used to hold them together? And although the Shulchan Aruch in Orat Harim 651.12 says that there is no formal obligation to tie them together, and one would theoretically fulfill one's obligation by picking each species up separately, it is a special mitzvah to tie them together. The prevalent Ashkenazi practice is to use a holder woven from palm leaves, where one puts the lulav in the middle and the hadassim and the aravot in separate compartments on each side. And every year many of us need a little mental nudge to remember which goes left and which goes right. The answer is aravot left, hadassim right. The Sephardic custom, on the other hand, is to tie the species together directly, not using a holder. Chabad also does not use a holder and binds them together, just like Sfaradim, but they do it differently than Sfaradim and Ashkenazim. Chabad, for instance, has the custom to place one arava on each side, one myrtle on the left, one on the right, and one in the middle, on the spine of the lulav. There's also a custom among Chabad, going back to the Lubavitcher Rebbe's suggestion, to use more than three hadasim, suggesting at least six. You can see that custom too among Chabad followers today. You remember from our discussion on Daf 34 Bet and the ruling of the Shulchan Aruch in 651.15 that someone who increases the numbers of species is not considered Baal Tosif. Now let's turn now to the Mishnah in the middle of 37 Bet. When do they wave the Lulav? It's helpful if you pick up a Sidur and maybe a Tanakh and turn to the Halal service to follow along. The Mishnah defines where we wave the lulav. The hudu ladunai techila wasof. At the beginning and end of hudu ladunai. Give thanks to Hashem. Uva'ana Hashem hushiana. Divrei beit hilel. Uve'chamai umrim af ba'ana Hashem haslichana. According to beit hilel, also during Hashem hushiana, but beit chamai says also during ana Hashem haslichana. The Mishnah continues citing Rabbi Akiva, who observed Rabban Gamliel and Rabbi Yoshua and those present. They were waving their lulavim, but they, Rabban Gamliel and Rabbi Yoshua, only waved their lulav during Anah Hashem Hoshiana. Hudu Ladunai is from Psalm 118. Now the entire section of the Hallel during which we wave the lulav is Psalm 118, but in the Hallel we have broken it up in sections. But all of it to the end, except for the very last paragraph, if you look in the Sidur, is actually part of Psalm 118. Rabbi Akiva describes that what he observed was actually a discrepancy in custom. Rabbi Gamaliel and Rabbi Yoshua followed the custom of Beit Hillel, but the congregation that was with them followed the custom of Beit Hillel. Besides the disagreement between Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai, it is clear that the Lulav is waved when the verse Hodu Lashem is recited at the very beginning of Psalm 118, but not during the following verses. 
although one sees that very often happening during Sukkot in congregations when they recite Halal. People also shake their lulav when reciting Yom Mana or Yom Runa. But according to both Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai, the lulav is not shaking during those verses. We then come to Ana Adonai Hoshiana, during which both Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai agree that the lulav is shaken. The Shulchan Aruch in Orat Harim 651 8 states, one waves the lulav when one recites the blessing, meaning before Halal, one recites the blessing over the lulav, waves the lulav, then recites the blessing over reciting Halal. And the Shulchan Aruch continues, it is also waved during Hodu Ladunai once. The Ramah adds, one also waves whenever Hodu is recited, meaning the congregation and the Shaliyah Tzibur wave their lulav in response to any of the verses following the opening of Psalm 118, namely, Hodu Ladunai, the Shaliyah Tzibur waves, and the congregation answers Hodu Ladunai and waves. The following verses that are recited by the Shatz, Yomana, Yomruna Beit Aharon, and Yomruna Yirei Adunai are not repeated by the congregation, but always answered with Hodu Ladunai, during which they then wave the Lulav. The Shohan Uruch continues, and at the Hodu Ladunai that is at the end of Psalm 118, one waves twice, because that verse is repeated. And also, at Anna Hashem Hoshiana, one waves twice, because that verse too is repeated. The Ramah adds that there are those who have the practice that the Shaliyah Tzibur also waves during Yomana Israel, meaning he follows the custom of Beit Shammai, and only the Shatz does so, but not during Yom Runa, and such is the established custom. So next time Sukkot comes around, you should now know exactly when to wave and when not. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.